0: Hello, I'm Luca De Giglio and this is the Web3 in Travel podcast, where you can learn about crypto, blockchain and how the new internet will change travel. Today I want to talk about revenue management because I think that it may change a lot in uh, in web3, especially if bookings become NFTs or more correctly, if bookings are represented by NFTs. So we stop considering bookings, bilateral contracts between the person who books and the person who offers the service, and they become digital assets, which people acquire as a representation of the right to use the service, which could be the night in the hotel or the the cruise ship trip. So this is one of those changes which at first glance do not seem like very impactful because, yeah, it's just a different way to consider the same thing. So at the end, I'm going to stay a night in the hotel. Why would it matter that that's a contract between me and the hotel or or an NFT? But the long-term consequences could be really big because you could book directly with a hotel or you can book through an OTA. Why does it matter? You're still staying at the hotel. Well, it it matters a lot for the relationship between you, the the guest, and the hotel, because this being a direct relationship or an intermediary relationship changes a lot. It doesn't change too much for the guest, maybe, but it completely changes the game for the hotel and for the OTA itself. So as we slowly enter in this new thinking that bookings could be NFTs, what would happen to prices? And I find this exercise, this is a thought exercise, very useful because you will see how prices could change radically. So let's start this. Let's start by looking quickly at what revenue management is. I have to say, I don't know much about revenue management. I have used it. I have tried to price nights correctly in vacation rentals. I have used a few of these you know, price management softwares, but that's as far as I get. So the, the analysis I'm gonna give you on revenue management is, is pretty basic. Still, revenue management. Well, basically it means trying to give the right price to your nights before they're booked and trying actually to get the highest price you can get and at the same time, get this, the highest number of, of nights booked. And of course, it is not that simple, Because you don't have to look only at the price, you also have to look at the number of nights you book. So sometimes it's better to have a few free rooms but sell them at a higher price rather than having every night filled in but at the lower price. There's a lot of considerations. If you're a hotel, you want to look also at how much people are going to spend in the restaurant, I guess, and stuff like this. So it gets really, really complicated. And I'm perfectly aware I'm talking about stuff I don't know. But basically, revenue management is giving a price to your nights, trying to increase as much as possible the revenue of uh, the services you sell. Now, let's let's make an example of a, of a villa here because a villa has only one customer per night and it's a bit easier in our thought experiment. And let's say I'm sitting down 1st of January of the year and writing the prices for the whole year, right? And let's say I'm trying to price the highest week of the, of the year. Let's say it's uh, the first week of August. So that's the highest season for me. It's when I can get the most money. I have to get this right. So I'm going to look at data, past data and future potential data, right? So the past data is how much did I sell last year? Last year I sold it for $10,000. When did I sell it? I sold it three months before. How is this year looking? Um, is it going to be a better year for travel, a worse year for travel? How is the weather going to be? Is there more competition in the area? Did I upgrade my villa? You know, and a lot of these kind of considerations. It's really complicated. And then you do all your considerations and you say, okay, it's still early. It's January. I want to book it for August. Um, let's say that I'm defining a right price of $12,000 for the week. And I consider this price, the not the optimal price. The optimal price is, is much more, but like it's something I'm ready to sell it for. Since it's January, well, maybe I try 14000 now and see what happens. Maybe somebody wants to book it now and is ready to pay more. And then I'm going to maybe slowly decrease the price. There's probably a lot of techniques out there. I don't know. But, well, I'm going to try to get a booking. I, mean, I can't afford not to get a booking this week. And I'm going to try to get the highest price. So I start with a certain price and then I adapt along the way until I get a booking. Now, again, I am perfectly aware this is revenue management for dummies. I have no idea what I'm doing here. But in this thought experiment, that's enough. It's enough because basically it says I have to do the job of getting the price right. And that's a complicated job. So often I outsource it to somebody else, and of course, this costs money, the software costs money, but I outsource it because I think that the money I'm spending, it's going to be less than the, the extra money I can make because I'm using a professional service or an in-house service. Anyway, there is effort and there is work to get the price right. And then a month later, somebody books and he books for $12,000. The very moment they book, the question arises. Could I have gotten more? You know, the seller's remorse? Oh, maybe I could have sold for 14000 maybe 20000 you know, Maybe if I had waited until a month before when nothing else was available, I could have had this last-minute, very high sale. And the truth is that you probably will never know it. I'm sure there's softwares and analysis which look at what the others did, and you can kind of extrapolate what would have happened. But still, it would have happened it didn't happen. Or maybe I don't get a booking. I don't want to go down with the price too much. And then when it's very close to the date, I just put it to $8,000 because, again, I can't afford not to get this booking. And now I know that I screwed up. I, I, I threw money out of the window because I was too greedy. But again, it's always easy after the fact to make this kind of analysis. If I didn't decide before to lower the price, maybe I had my reason. or maybe what happens is that I wait, I wait, I wait, and then boom, a week before I get a lot of money, I get $20,000 booking, because you know, some billionaire just wants a place there. It's the only one available he or she gets it. So the fact seems to me that you never really know if you got the right price here. Even in this last case, yeah, you got 20,000, you could have gotten 30. You know, if you wait a bit longer, maybe another billionaire would have come or maybe this same billionaire would have paid more. This is kind of like trying to time the market and sell at the top and buy at the bottom, which is always impossible. All you can do is try to sell on the way to the top and start buying on the way to the bottom and on the bounce. So in investing, in trading, you never really get the top and the bottom exactly. Some people do, often it's luck, but mostly what you do as a professional trader, you get the trend, you understand the trend and you trade on that. Now doing that for a hundred rooms in a hotel or a thousand rooms in a hotel or in a 50 villas is a lot of work. Now this guesswork is the result of not having the price or actually your digital asset, which is your booking, exposed to the market. or more precisely, just partially exposed to the market. Now, pricing needs information. And let's say that you put $10,000 villa and somebody is ready to pay $9,000. They get to your place in an OTA or directly. They see $10,000 and then don't book. You don't get the information that they wanted to pay $9,000. Well, guess who gets this information? Well, the OTA, because maybe they were searching with a total price, maximum price for $9,000. So again, by being on the OTA, you're losing even the information you would need to price your stuff. So another side effect of booking through OTAs is that you do not get very valuable information. While if you had your own website with your own search, then you would actually be able to, to see what that, what people are looking for, and you will be able to see that people are searching with nine thousand maximum. They see ten thousand, they don't book. This is just a Side note on the advantages of trying to have your own direct booking systems. Okay, let's get out of this because I'm sure there's revenue managers here who are going to destroy me, and I would probably be right in doing so. But let's move on Web3 and let's try to imagine how things would work if bookings were NFTs. So, a quick reminder of what a booking via NFT would, would be. Basically, your night is an NFT, and people buy it, and now they own this asset, and now they can sell it. So then you have a secondary market for your nights. And markets, open markets, free markets, are incredibly good at giving the right price. Not the right value, but the right price. Speculation changes the price, introduces a difference between price and value, But again, you don't really care about the value here, you care about the price. Your question is, how much are people ready to pay for my room that night? Now, let's go back to the example of the villa. You say, okay, 10,000 is the money I want to get for that first week of August, and I'm gonna sell this through an NFT. So what would you do? Uh, What you could do is a couple of things, actually three things. One, you put it on the market for a fixed price and people can only buy that price. Two, you can do an English auction in which you say starting price 10,000, go ahead and make your bets or your offers. Third one could be a Dutch auction in which you say it starts from 20,000 and then it goes down slowly until somebody accepts the price and buys it. So it goes 20, 19, 18 and then 17, and boom, somebody buys at 17. Let's try to imagine what can happen in these three options. So, first one, you say, okay, $10,000, whatever. Then somebody buys it for $10,000. And this is kind of like what you would be doing in the normal booking, right? People would buy it for the price you set, and they wouldn't buy if the price is too high. So, there's still a lot of guesswork involved with a big difference. People can still make offers. You put $10,000, but people can offer you $9,000 or $8,000. And this is very precious in terms of signaling what the market thinks about your price. So that would allow you to put it at, let's say, $15,000 and say, okay, I'm going to put it at $50,000. If somebody wants it, pays that amount of money, but I'm going to accept $12,000. And this is something you decide internally. You don't publish this information. So you say, okay, I'm ready to accept 12000 or I will see when the offer is made. Maybe 10,000 at the beginning won't be acceptable for me. I'm gonna wait a little bit longer, but 12,000, I will sell it immediately. Let's see the English auction. You say, okay, English auction, 10,000 is the minimum amount I'm ready to sell this villa for on the first week of August. So you put 10,000 and maybe nobody will make offers and that means it's too high. Or maybe people will start making offers and the final buyer, the winner of the auction, buys for 15000 This is automated price discovery. You don't need to do a lot of revenue management here. You just need to define the price at the beginning and then let the market decide what the price, the real price is. So if you sell at 15000 you probably here are selling at the most optimal price you could have sold, at least in that period of time. Now, let's be clear. I'm not saying NFTs are better for price management. I, I'm just saying, let's think about what could change here. Let's analyze how prices would be in this new environment. It's completely experimental. It's completely theoretical. In the Dutch auction, you say, okay, I think this villa can sell for you know, the, the, best, the best case scenario, $20,000. Until at minimum 10,000. 10,000 here is the reserve price. It means I won't sell lower than that. So the market starts doing its thing and uh, you get 20, 19, 18, 17, and then you sell it for 15. And so you basically outsource to the market the decision about the price. This seems interesting to me. Okay. And it seems even more interesting if you are managing more than one villa or especially if you're managing 100 rooms which are exactly the same, why? Because you can put one or 10 of your rooms in these different kinds of auctions or direct sale and you get a lot of information which you can apply to the other rooms you're selling directly in the traditional manner or through OTAs. So, I see here a potential way for NFT sales, which are open market sales to give you very precious information to price the rest of your rooms. Of course, we're not thinking about, you know, from the 1st of January of 2023, every booking will be made in NFTs all over the world. We are looking at a hybrid situation for many years to come. You will have your OTA sales. You will have your direct sales. And then you will have your NFT sales, which are direct. And the NFT sales here can give you very precious information, even after they've been sold. Because imagine somebody buys your room for $100 for a specific night. It doesn't matter through which kind of auction or direct sale. And then they can still resell it. Once they bought the NFT, the NFT stays there. Even if they don't want to sell it, somebody is free to make offers. And you can look at those offers and say, okay, somebody is offering more. Something is up. The market is asking for this room on that night. Mind this specific room in this specific hotel on this specific night. This is very precise information. So maybe I could change my prices in my own website or on the OTA. I don't even need to know why this price is higher. I can make it automatic. I can add to the mix of my traditional revenue management NFTs signals. Because now I have a secondary market, which is giving me very pertinent information I can act on. So you may find yourself in a situation in which, even if you don't want to sell true NFTs, you may unleash some NFTs down in the market, a bit like you can unleash some drones to collect information, just because they bring him back home important data so one way this could go is at minimum you are using nfts bookings to collect the data and at maximum you would have all your bookings through nfts because they give you immediate liquidity royalties better price discovery and other things i discussed already in another episode and let's talk about royalties that's something also we don't have today so you sell your room, and that's it. You're going to get your money, and that's it. Um, the room is not resold. It stays there. It gets canceled and resold after that, but yeah, you're not making extra money out of it. With royalties, you can make money every single time your room, your night, so your NFT is resold on the market. Let's, let's try to see how this could play out. Let's say that you put a 10% royalty on every resale on the market. So somebody buys your room for $100 and then resells it for $120, you're making $12 here. And let's say that the person who bought it for $120 sells it for $50 because something happened, you get $5, so you get 12 plus five, plus $5. You can keep getting this money every time there's a secondary market sale. That would allow you to give a lower price at the beginning because you're betting on a secondary market over there. So let's put it to the extreme. You could sell your $100 room for $50, saying, okay, I'm gonna sell it at 50, but I'm betting on the fact that because it is that cheap, people will buy it. So the buyer at 50, Will make a nice profit at 60 or 70, and then you get your six or seven dollars. And then the buyer at 70 will make a profit at 80, and then you get your eight dollars. And you go on until it reaches the right market price, and you made up your loss because you sold it very cheap in royalties. Will this actually happen? I have no idea. Again, I'm just trying to guess here. You could put a royalty of one percent, which people probably won't really consider a cost. With 10%, yes, they will consider it a cost and have more resales after that. And that could be a good strategy for rooms or villas, anyway, bookings very far away in the future. You can say, I'm selling my rooms of 2024 with a 10% royalty here or a 1% royalty, but I'm betting on the royalty. I'm selling them cheap because who would buy a room two years from now? Well, somebody who thinks it's really cheap and is going to be able to sell it much higher and you make up with the royalties. And now while your competitor is stuck selling rooms as contracts only to people who actually want to stay in those rooms, you're selling to the whole market at a very interesting prices because you're going to get the royalties. You could go even farther than that and say to each booking, I attach a certain number of hotel tokens And they're going to distribute it evenly to anybody who buys them and sells them or just to the last one who actually uses the booking. I don't know. That's just an idea. It just came to my mind. The bottom line is, well, we have tools we didn't have before. They allow new dynamics and we have to learn, try, experiment and see what can work and what cannot work. But these tools are there. If you don't do anything, somebody else will do, and you could find yourself behind in that. Another thing you can do, which you cannot do in the contract-based booking system, is you can rebuy your own rooms, basically rebuy your own nights. Why would you do that? I don't know. Maybe because you're probably one of the leading world experts on the price of your own room. You see them out on the market at a really low price. Maybe you sold your room for 100 and somebody's selling it for 60 and you can rebuy it for 60 and resell it for 100. And who in the world better than you knows the price of your own rooms? Maybe you got some requests from traditional channels who want to buy 100 rooms and you have 80 and you're short 20 and you buy them on the market maybe not even at a lower price, you just need them to close the deal. So even buying them at 120 when you sold them at 100, it still makes sense. You have now access to a part of your inventory after it's been sold. So rebuying your own night. New concept, let's think about it. Now, this has become an information game. It's it's open markets. Information is everything. So when I said rhetorically, Who better than you knows the price of your own hotel? Well, maybe professional firms doing specifically hotel pricing through NFTs will be able to price your own hotel better than you. And they may buy your rooms or they may rebuy the rooms on the market to resell them, maybe even to you. This could go in so many ways. It doesn't even make sense trying to forecast what's going to happen. All we can do today is look at it and try to see if there are opportunities, and there are, and if there are dangers, and there are, so you can't ignore neither of them. So maybe if you are a revenue manager in in this industry, this gives you an advantage over the others who are not listening to this podcast, who are not thinking about NFT bookings, because no one is really talking about this stuff. This is really fringe stuff we're discussing here. And if your perception is that the ads is fringe, but it's going to be mainstream, well, you are in a very good position because you are positioned to really front run everybody else here. And yeah, there could be a, a moment in which you are pricing your stuff, right? Because you are leveraging this information while the others are not leveraging yet, and they are basically uh, driving a bit in the dark compared to you. Now, is this something good or bad for you, whatever your business is revenue manager, hotel, villa, cruise ships, tour operator? Is it good or bad? I don't really know. Um, when the internet came, in the travel industry, we all thought, oh, finally, we're going to disintermediate. Now, what happened is that we got even more intermediation through the OTAs, because they focused on the technological aspect, they made better booking platforms than than we did, than than the, the single hotel did, right? So this could go spectacularly wrong for the travel industry, too, because if some experts get in from outside and they learn to price things better than the operators themselves, well, they can eat on the margin there because they could say, okay, I can tell you the right price, but I want to get paid more. I want a piece of the cake. Or even worse, they could completely control the market because those who know the prices are the ones who sell. So I have no idea if these things are good or bad. I just think that If NFT bookings go mainstream, you are going to have to react to them. And usually it's better to react earlier than later. Because if others price their services right and you price them wrong, you won't sell. It is as simple as that. I previously discussed the NFTs, bookings, and I, I said why it can be a good reason, especially The fact that you get immediate liquidity, total liquidity on your nights before you find the person who actually wants the book that night. Because the whole market can buy your rooms now. And you can listen to the episode number seven where I talk about that. So for sure, there are some advantages and I'm sure there are some disadvantages in this technology being applied to the travel space. In the same way as the internet brought great things and bad things to the traveling. And some people will get stuck in discussing and say NFTs are bad for hotels and, and villas and apartments because, and they're going to give all this list of reasons. And even if these reasons are legitimate, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen anyway. As if someone at the beginning of the internet was say, I know what's going to happen. We're going to have big OTAs controlling the market. And they would have been right. And I'm sure that some people said this at the beginning. They will say, you are talking about this intermediation, but actually what we're going to see is total intermediation. But even if they were right and they didn't act on it, they would have lost the game. Because in that moment, they could have built an OTA or they could have built from the beginning better booking services and react to the new information, react to the fact that things are changing. So while speculating on how things are going to go is really important, it doesn't solve your problem. Because if things change, you have to change, no matter the direction things take. You still have to adapt to the changing environment. In the examples I've, I've talked about before, I've been very, in my opinion at least, conservative. I've done it in the very basic way. but Once you've lived enough in DeFi, you can see how things can get really, really sophisticated and complicated and powerful. Let me give you an example. So you put a 10% royalty on secondary market sales on your bookings. And then you say, this 10% doesn't go to me. It goes to every NFT holder of my nights. So if I'm a guest and I want to book in a traditional hotel, I do my booking and that's it. Maybe I get this plastic or virtual point cards in which like, I'm going to have advantages in the future, etc., etc. But if I book with you, I'm acquiring an NFT which starts from the moment I buy the NFT streaming money to me. I don't remember if I mentioned streaming money. I think I did. It's basically you start getting money every second. And when I buy the NFT, I get my share of the royalties from the very moment I buy the NFT itself. And the longer I hold it, the more I get. Then I sell the NFT because maybe I'm selling it for a higher price and I stop getting this stream of money and now it goes to the new owner of this NFT. Now, imagine the competitive advantage you have as a hotel compared to the others. And imagine how interesting it is to hold your NFTs even if you don't want to stay at the hotel. Because you could buy this NFT two years before and start getting streaming money on them. And then you sell it, maybe the same year when the booking is due. And you already have got a little bit of the money you spent. So even if you bought it for 100 and you sell it to 90, you could still make money because you made, I don't know, 20 in the year leading to the booking. And you can think any kind of schemes with this because you could say, okay, I'm going to give to every NFT holder, we're going to share the whole revenues from royalties. Or you could say, you're going to get the royalties of this specific night, so that maybe you're not royalties. So if you book, let's go to the villa, if you booked a $10,000 villa two years before, and then it, it gets resold five times before somebody actually goes and stay at the villa, you and all the other five people who have been owners of this NFT will share into the earnings of this specific NFT. You can play this in so many ways. And as I say often, if you want to get inspired but the composability of the things which can be done in this space, go into DeFi. It's uh, very innovative and there's constantly new ideas on how to do things, which can be applied to the travel space too. And you will be one of the first in the world to actually get to this kind of concepts and have, you, you can have ideas nobody had before. So you may have this perception that I'm having all these ideas and that's, that's it. There's no other things possible. And whatever I say is the final word on this. I'm nothing here. I'm having some random ideas and I'm just one person thinking about this. You could have the biggest idea of the next 20 years, an idea I would have never come up with. And not because you are more prepared or more clever than average, it's because you're looking where nobody's looking. Nobody's looking at this stuff right now. By nobody, I mean very few people are looking into this today. So at this stage, you have uh, a great opportunity to come up with very original and very impactful ideas. What about airdropping? Free breakfast to the NFT holders. Like you're a hotel, you airdrop a token which represents a free breakfast. That's it, it doesn't do anything else. It represents a free breakfast in your hotel to any NFT holder. Let's say, to keep it simple, anyone who today holds one of your NFT bookings, even if expired. So I own an expired NFT in your booking. I've never been there. I bought it from the buyer. I bought it from the person who stayed at the hotel. And I keep it because I want to get airdrop. And I get a breakfast airdrop. And I put it on the market. And somebody buys it. And this incentivizes people to hold your NFTs and to have them have value even after they've been booked. Or you could airdrop your tokens. And then your tokens are used to get... Free rooms. Maybe people will buy your rooms with the tokens, which doesn't mean actually free room because, in that moment, the tokens would have a monetary value, a market, a liquidity, so that you could actually even sell them yourself. You could sell your token on the market to get to eat or other uh, coins and then transform it even into fiat money. So the space here for ideas is is endless. In terms of revenue management, you see how these operations are able to not only try to price your nights right, but to influence the price of your nights in in a better way. You can make them more valuable because you're not selling only the night anymore. You're selling an NFT, which can attract value. So it goes, of course, beyond mere revenue management. It goes into price influence in making prices higher, selling For a higher price, which means higher revenue. So, when I'm analyzing revenue management and NFTs, well, I'm just taking a little part of what NFTs can influence, of course. NFTs are not just a tool to do better, maybe revenue management, but they are something much, much bigger. So, let's sum it up NFTs bookings are instruments which can help you improving your revenue management because they expose your nights to the open market and the open market is the best at pricing assets. But because they're open, so everybody has access to the same information and you could actually look what other NFTs for your competitors are doing out in the market and even that would help you with your own revenue management. I have to correct a little bit the last sentence. Not everybody has access to the same information. If you have your NFTs internal marketplace, or even better, if you sell your NFTs internally, you have all the search data, which others obviously do not have because this is a centralized, in this case, booking system selling the centralized digital assets, a bit like OpenSea. So while everybody can see what's happening, On-chain, when actually there's a transfer of an NFT, not everybody can see the offers and the searches, et cetera, et cetera. Some people will obfuscate data. They will have uh, internal systems where they analyze what's happening. Others will be more open. Anyway, there is a lot of data coming out in the open in the future, and it's really important, in my opinion, to be able to analyze it. Uh, even if you're not part of this market, even if you're not selling your own rooms on NFTs, you can still keep an eye on what's happening outside there. Okay, so no news in the WebTree in travel space this week. I haven't really been following. I've been, as I guess many of you, occupied with what's happening in Ukraine. And uh, yeah, so no news here. Let me finish with a call to action. Maybe. Create an NFT for one of your services and try to sell it. Maybe create it simply on OpenSea, on the Polygon network, so it doesn't cost any gas. And in the process of creating, you will ask yourself many questions and you're going to basically think more through this, this whole space. And you will learn. You don't even need to launch it at the end. Uh, just you know, as a call to action, is doing something Concrete, as I keep saying this, there's no way you will understand these things by listening to a podcast or reading. You have to do them. So head on to OpenSea. It's not the best way to create a, your NFTs, as I said, but it's a way. It's an easy one. Create your NFT, put it on Polygon, put a picture, put a description, and then see what you learn uh, on the way. Maybe you'll even launch it. Let me know if you launch it because I may be interested in buying it myself. As I told you, I'm trying to collect all the travel NFTs out there, especially the first ones, which are going to be historical. So let me know. All right. This is the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. For more insights on Web3, follow me on Twitter at Tripluca, T-R-I-P-L-U-C-A. And see you next time.